Hello and welcome to the ESG Fitness Podcast. The aim of this podcast is to help you think, learn and grow and hopefully smile and laugh on the way too. My aim here is to break down your barriers to taking action and provide you with evidence-based diet and exercise information in a fun and interesting way. I hope I nail that and I hope you enjoy. If at any point you are enjoying this and you think, wouldn't it be great to work with Emma? You can head to esgfitness.co.uk to find out more information. Without further ado, because I hate long introductions, here is this episode. Hello everyone, welcome to this episode. I'm just going to check the recording's working because I just made a little mistake where I started recording and uh, nothing recorded. Oh look, great, it is. Welcome to this episode. A question I'm going to cover today, which I get quite frequently, is can you lose weight without tracking? And the simple answer is yes, but that would make for a very short and somewhat unhelpful helpful podcast. So instead, I'm going to elaborate slightly, but in short, yes, you can lose weight without tracking. And it's almost a little bit ridiculous that we now think that you need to track to lose weight. Like, just think about the context of how long we've had these kind of apps that we can track on, like, relatively short period of time. Do we think that people have been losing weight, you know, before five, six years ago when people started using MyFitnessPal? Yes, they did. So absolutely, you do not need to track to lose weight, but it is a tool that you can use. So the truth about calorie tracking is that calorie tracking is not by any stretch of stretch, stretch of the imagination accurate. That does not mean that it is not useful, but it does mean that you can stop stressing over knowing the exact calories in something or your exact calorie needs. Even when you think that you know the exact amount of calories that is in something, i.e. if you're scanning it into MyFitnessPal, it's still not accurate. So food labels are allowed to be 20% off. Restaurant meals will vary in portion sizes, Um, the amount of cooking oil that the chef has used, like differing chefs cooking things slightly differently. So although many places now have calories on menus, these are still estimates. So if you're stressing out over 10, 20 calories here and there, you need to understand that it's not accurate anyway and it's not worth your brain power to be stressing over that. There are far more important things in your life that you could be focusing your energy on. And... Even if you had completely accurate data on calories in food, all foods have different caloric availability. So by that, I mean the amount of calories that your body will actually absorb. So for example, there might be X amount of calories in a a handful of peanuts, but most of the research suggests that in some cases we only absorb 50% of the calories in something like a peanut because of the caloric availability of said peanut. So if you understand how they estimate the calories and things, or or actually how they calculate the calories in food, sorry, I'm drinking a protein shake during this, (laughs) was probably a really bad idea. I'm so hungry today. Anyway, the way that they tell how much calories, how many calories are in a given food, 
is they put food in a box, a box called a bomb calorometer, and they burn that food to a crisp. So the change in temperature that comes from the burning of that food is how you measure calories. Now, I don't know if anyone has noticed this before, but an observation, which I think is probably acutely, you know, my own observation, I like to take credit for this. We are not bomb calorimeters. Like the human body does not behave in exactly that way, which means that we absorb maybe slightly less, well, definitely slightly less of the calories in food. And I mean, a really crude example of this might be like, you can see when you've eaten sweet corn because it comes out the other side. Now, has that been incinerated to a crisp? No, you've not absorbed all of that food. Now, before someone freaks out about figuring out how many calories you're absorbing from different foods and the caloric availability of specific foods, stop. You do not need to know that. The reason I'm pointing out these inaccuracies is so that you become less neurotic, not more neurotic. Your body is the only accurate calorie calculator, calculator, calorie counter that you will ever have or ever need. Tracking calories is a useful but inexact science, much like, you know, using scale weight to measure fat loss progress. It's not accurate, especially not in the short term, but it's a useful measure over time. And it's actually how we interpret this data that is the problem as opposed to the data itself. So if we see counting calories as a useful estimate, that puts far less weight on it as being like the be all and end all. And same with the scales. Like a lot of people like, just throw away the scales. They're useless. They don't measure body fat. It's like, no, you're interpreting them wrong. They were never meant to measure body fat. Anyone who says they do is an idiot. Like they do not measure body fat. But over time, if you're losing a lot of mass, i.e. body fat, if you're losing a lot of body fat, the scales will trend down over time. So it's a good measure. And you're looking at weeks to months, not days. Any short-term fluctuation in your weight does not represent a change in body composition. It cannot. It is impossible to do so. So if you've put on three pounds over the weekend or overnight or in the last day or two, there's absolutely no way that that is body fat. It's just a fluctuation. But your response to that, annoyingly, can make it body fat. Because if you think that, if you're like, okay, I've lost three pounds in the last three weeks, I've been doing my diet, I'm doing really well, and then overnight you put on three pounds, you're like, oh, ruined everything. And realistically, you ate, I don't know, 500 calories more, but it was higher carb, and you haven't been to the toilet yet today, and blah, blah, blah. And anyway, you weigh three pounds more. You think that you've done undone all your hard work, but you haven't. But your response to that is what's important. Anyway, my point here was, do not get obsessed over either. Don't get obsessed over the exact calories and things. And also, don't get obsessed over the scale weight. Again, learn how to interpret these things properly, because misinterpretation of this data will trip you up. Okay, now that I've set the scene here... If you want to lose weight without tracking, the same principles apply. You still need to be in a calorie deficit. You still need to create a deficit. You will still need to expend more energy than you are consuming. And that energy has to come from somewhere and it will come from your body fat. And that's how you lose body fat. 
But importantly, you don't need to track calories to create an energy deficit. And I am personally not a fan of tracking calories. I do think that probably, well, everyone is extreme. Am I going to say everyone? The vast majority of people can benefit from three or so days of tracking to increase their awareness of calories in foods and especially calories in foods that you frequently consume. So just creating that little bit of awareness is, is very useful. You may also find it's much easier to lose weight without tracking if you are very consistent. So if you're consistent, you can make tweaks from where you are if you're not getting results. This is exactly how I have always lost fat very successfully. Rather than tracking everything I eat, I prefer to have a pretty set diet most of the time. And by the way, you don't have to go crazy specific with this. It might look something like I have a shake and some fruit for breakfast and then some kind of salad for lunch and then maybe a protein bar and then something in the range of, I don't know, six, seven hundred calories for dinner because I like to have a bigger meal at dinner. And mine is usually some kind of stir fry with veg and a protein sauce. And I mix up the veg options and I mix up the protein. Same with lunch, same with dinner. Like, But having some kind of standard routine, because then you can adapt from that. And it can be really, really simple. So you could just take out some of the carbs from your dinner. So something that I normally do when I'm trying to get lean is just reduce the amount of pasta that I have with my dinner. I know it's weird, pasta and stir fry, people take piss out of me all the time. It's not that different than noodles, okay? But I prefer it, so leave me alone with that. But that's one thing that I changed that's very, very simple and will cut calories for you. And then you don't have to think about the calories because really we don't eat calories in real life, we eat food. So if you you manipulate via, via food as opposed to via calories, now the same thing is happening, right? You're still reducing the amount of calories that you're consuming you're just not as neurotic about exactly how many you're reducing by and this is a really underrated tip that most people don't implement probably because it seems too simple but it's just stick to a routine and stick to it long enough to see results like two weeks minimum and make sure when you are looking at results it's not just weight It's also measurements, it's progress photos, it's how you feel, it's how you perform, it's your mood. A lot of the time when people say that they're not getting results, what they mean is, I'm not losing weight. And that is not the same as not getting results. In fact, it's not even the same as not losing fat. Because firstly, the scales do not directly measure body fat. So not losing weight does not mean you're not losing fat. If you're in a deficit, you will be losing fat. Secondly, and more importantly, Consider all of the benefits of eating well and exercising and how you feel is the biggest by far. So make sure that you are noting that down as well, that you are seeing that as progress. Because if you keep telling yourself, I'm not getting results and all you're looking at is weight loss, you're missing a huge part of the reason that you're making these lifestyle changes. And lack of weight loss does not mean lack of results. Here is a question to you that sometimes I ponder myself. If you, how am I going to word this? Okay, yeah, okay. If eating well and exercising 
and going to the gym, doing your steps, getting your protein in, hitting your calorie target, if it didn't impact the way that you look at all, would you still do it? Because I absolutely would, without a shadow of a doubt, because it makes me feel my best. I show up better. My mood is better. I am more positive. I have more energy. I have more motivation. I have more drive. I have more concentration. It literally makes my life better in so many ways that have nothing to do with how much weight I want to lose or how much muscle mass I have or the way that I look in the mirror. None of those things. There are so many more benefits to exercise, to eating well, to fueling your body, to and honestly to a bit of discipline. And I think some people shy away from discipline when actually it can be so empowering. Promising yourself that you're going to do something and then actioning it and doing it is the best way to build trust in yourself. And there's nothing better than knowing that you will back yourself up. Like being able to trust yourself. When I say I'm going to do something, I do it. That reduces anxiety massively. And what's like, what's quite wild if we're coming back to calorie deficit is that you know, the, the whole question of, do I need to track to be in a calorie deficit? People will come up with the most elaborate ways to create a deficit and then say that it's not the deficit. And a lot of them, interestingly, play on human psychology rather than human physiology, partly because we like rules, right? From the physiological perspective, we know you need to be in a deficit. You need to have some need for extra energy that needs to come from your stored energy. That's how you lose body fat. But from a psychological perspective, it's really interesting to critically look at other diets. So as humans, we like rules. And if we have even made up rationale for these rules, we are more likely to stick to them. The insulin hypothesis is a great example So there is a theory behind it or things like only eating carbs after your workout because GLUT4 transporters are upregulated and the nutrients will be shuttled directly into your muscles and not stored as fat. Like it sounds legit. There's, there's a methodology behind it and you're like, okay, there is an element of science here. And you know, some of that science is correct. But a lot of the time we go like so deep into like the cellular level and what's happening there. We actually forget that like, body fat loss, not how much fat you're oxidizing, not how much carbohydrates are going into your muscle after a workout, but total body fat loss is dictated by the comparison or the the differential between the energy that you're expending and the energy that you're taking in at the end of the day or at the end of the week, you know, on average over time, that is what will dictate fat loss. But interestingly, these kind of little rules is why we stick to things. And then if we have a rationale, even if it's wrong, if we have this rationale for sticking to something, then we're more likely to get results. Whether we're getting results like despite the fact we're sticking to that or because of the fact we're sticking to that. And some people will do things like not eating fat because fat will be stored as fat, negating the fact that you cannot store energy that's not there. Like if there is no excess energy even if you eat fat all day you can't store fat that you have then utilized you can't store energy that you've then used up this is why it always comes back to energy balance and and often the more elaborate the i guess story of the diet or rationale of the diet is the more people buy into it like you see this with the carnivore diet or with the zoe diet which is 
by a scientist or quite a prominent scientist and it seems legit and the premise is that we all have different glycemic responses to the same food and this is true and actually really quite interesting but the bit that is often missed out is that this only matters if your differing glycemic response impacts energy balance and by the way glycemic response is your blood sugar response to a certain food so we used to think that this was quite universal and it was like if we gave someone x amount of bread you know x amount of white bread they would respond in this way and if we gave them this food they would respond in this way but actually what we've noticed is we what incredible scientists have noticed is that we respond quite individually to the same food and and it is interesting but for fat loss, it only really matters if that then impacts the way in which you eat. And more specifically, if you're thinking about fat loss, your energy balance. And at the moment, we simply don't have evidence to prove that. Sure, there's theory behind it, but there's no real evidence that, that we need to have diets that are specific to the way that we respond to certain foods. And it, like, it makes logical sense that there, there might be a rationale for that. But at present, I'm willing to bet that what is far more impactful is a diet that you enjoy as opposed to a diet that is specifically geared towards your glycemic response to certain foods. So currently, there is no evidence that you need to eat food in relation to your individual glycemic response. And what's really happening is it's overcomplicating it for money. But it fits the narrative of, I've tried all the, these diets and none of them worked. And, and well, here is why, here is a solution as to why. Because when you've tried really hard at something, especially dieting, maybe you've been dieting your whole life, people think it can't be as simple as energy balance. But it is as simple as energy balance. It's just not easy. And people get really confused between simple and easy. And I think, you know, whenever I say, you know, because I don't like the narrative of it's just a calorie deficit because so many things come into creating that calorie deficit which are individual, but it is simple. It's just not easy. And I think sometimes when we kind of simplify it down to, you need to be in an energy deficit to lose body fat, people think that we're saying it's easy. All you need to do is be in a deficit. It's like, yeah, that's all you need to do. But it's like saying, you know, to be a millionaire, all you need to do is, is make a million pounds and then also not spend any. But, you know, that's, that's as simple as it is. You just need to make more money. Right, but actually doing that is the hard part, right? So it's simple, not easy. And I find that like these diets are preying on the fact that previous diets for you haven't worked. And then they supply this narrative that it's because you were missing this secret. And it's because that diet didn't work because we're carnivores and we're meant to eat a carnivore diet or sometimes the complete opposite of that. And we're all meant to be vegan, you know, like... It, it's that you will find the craziest diets if you look for them, the craziest ways of essentially just creating a calorie deficit if fat loss is the outcome. It's quite similar to when people do intolerance tests and they get told that they are gluten intolerant. And then I'm going to stop drinking this protein shake. Hold on. <laughs> I mean, we're basically at the end of the podcast, but... People will get told they're intolerant to glucose and then they give up a huge part of their diet that contains gluten. 
And they often don't replace those calories. And thus, that's why they lose weight. And in fact, I would say that nowadays, given we have so many alternatives, so many gluten-free options, which is great for celiacs, which is a tiny percentage of the population. I mean, great, absolutely great for them. That's a great thing. But for people who potentially would have lost weight cutting out gluten, they no longer do. Because what they're doing now is just buying, you know, five pound loaf of bread that's gluten-free. So they're not, they are replacing those calories. But previously, when you had to cut out gluten, it was really hard to replace those calories. And that's why so many people lost weight on a gluten-free diet, because they've taken out a ton of the carbohydrate sources of their diet, which means they've created a deficit, which means they lost body fat. Insane, crazy, I know. Anyway, the crux of this episode and what I actually really wanted to talk about, I guess, is that fat loss will always come down to energy balance, no matter how you create that deficit. And tracking calories is one tool that you can use to create a deficit, but it's not the only tool. And you certainly don't need to track calories to lose weight. And I think, I mean, all of the incredible fad diets that we have, have proven that. Like you can lose weight without tracking calories, but you can't lose weight without creating a deficit. Now, do you want to go quite direct? Because a direct approach is tracking calories. You have, although none of it is accurate or, you know, none of it is very accurate, which is what I've been speaking about at the start, but it still gives you a pretty good idea of roughly how big a deficit you're in. And you don't need to know much more than that. Or you can go from where you are and start cutting out certain foods or making food swaps, which is an even better thing. So instead of cutting something out, be like, I'm going to add more veg. And yeah, I'm going to take away a bit of the pasta as well, but I'm going to add more veg. I'm going to add more volume to this. And that will be another way to cut calories. And that is how you lose weight, is by creating that deficit. And I do think that for the vast majority of people, calorie tracking allows a lot of food freedom. But it's certainly not for everyone. And it's not something that I've ever particularly enjoyed. So if you need some help with fat loss, it's kind of what I do. It's kind of my jam. It's kind of what I help people achieve. You can shoot me a message at ESG Fitness or you can apply to coaching. ESG at ESGFitness.co.uk Or you can go to my website and just have a little look and browse and maybe fill in the application form and I'll shoot you an email. And that is ESGFitness.co.uk Have a beautiful day. Thank you, as ever, for your time and attention. If you want to talk to me about coaching or if you want to find out more about how to work with me, head over to esgfitness.co.uk. There is also lots of free information on the website and some worksheets, which I hope you will find useful. If you've enjoyed this episode, I would love to hear from you. Please tag me in your stories at esgfitness or shoot me a message and if you think you know anyone who would enjoy this episode why not share it with them thanks guys